0: You're listening to The Tech Box.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode forty. Yeah, can you believe it? Four zero of the Tech Box, and this morning I'm joined by James. Good morning, James. Hey, Richard, how you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing good, thank you, James. I'm pretty pretty sleepy this morning. I I, I got back uh, from holiday at some ridiculously early hour of the morning, and. Uh, well, never mind. I'm 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 just about functional.
0: I'm on coffee number four, so should be all right, I think. Talking about sleeping on a plane, well, it's not quite tech, but I do always find that one way, and it's not it. It tends to be the way where you're sort of going on holiday or whatever. Everyone's up and about, and they're sort of you know drinking, eating, watching stuff, having a good time, and then the other way, everyone is just kind of forced to go to sleep. Yeah, and, I, you I- know not do anything
1: I, I think though that's partly down, isn't it to that end of holiday feeling oh, sorry about the water guys uh, that end of holiday feeling and and also i mean certainly for me i i've been to uh, crete uh, and like the the incoming flight arrives at about nine in the evening or as it did last night quarter to eleven um and the outgoing flight is is obviously uh, considerably later going back so i think people also they You get a tiredness after a holiday. It might be pleasant tiredness, but it 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 still is sort of, oh God, I've eaten and drunk too much for a fortnight, and now I'm on this plane and I'm going home, and it's work on Monday, and you just I don't think you have the the sort of excitement.
0: For a charter flight, I could understand that. But you seem to have it on scheduled flights as well. To a an degree, yeah. Like, I can't quite work it out. Because mm. um, I can't sleep on the plane. So when everyone else is going to sleep happily, it just not irritates me. Because I'm thinking, ah, oh, I can't do that. I'm, I'm the only one up, etc., etc. et cetera. To be honest, it, is, it causes me a real problem because
1: I, I suffer from uh, sleep apnea. So I'm supposed to use a machine to breathe for me when I'm asleep. So I tend to try to get flights that mean I can stay awake until till the plane arrives. Even coming back from the US, I, I'll get the... The late evening flight, so that it, it still feels like sort of midnight, one o'clock in the morning when we get back to the UK. Um, so, falling asleep is a problem because I hold my breath, which uh, is not very clear. What
0: is this machine you speak of?
1: Ah, uh, it's a machine which basically, well, as, as a lady in, in the uh, Dublin airport said, ah, oh, it's a breathing machine. It literally has a, a face mask and pumps air down your throat so you don't
0: um, stop breathing. Surely you'd need a tube, yeah. going all the way into your lungs.
1: Not into your lungs, no. Just a face mask, like like you see on, you know, casualty or Holby or something like that.
0: Okay, and that sort of you don't want to get that out on the plane. Well, it needs to be
1: plugged in, which is the fundamental problem. Ah, okay. At least it is on European flights. In America, you'd be fine. Uh, and also in America, the machines are much more compact than the ones that we tend to have
0: here. Oh, they're actually machines that they're dished out on the plane.
1: No, 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 no. But in America, people tend to own their own machine, whereas oh, okay. here we have the, the NHS for a bit longer, so understandably it doesn't necessarily go for the smallest uh, option.
0: Hmm, okay. Well, there's a, there was a glimmer of tech there in the end. Yeah, it's pretty tech, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think the first thing we're going to have a little discuss about is two-factor authentication and how we can secure ourselves uh in the light of, uh, is it Matt Miller? Matt Miller,
1: yeah. I got his that. name
0: right, um, over in the States. Uh, great podcaster that we all listen to. And uh, he had his identity stolen. And it caused him all sorts of problems. I mean, obviously, we won't recant uh, all of his problems. But he had several problems getting control. And I think he... In the end, had to use some techniques that aren't available to all of us in terms of, you know, he's a he's a certified Twitter user and he's a bit of a personality to some degree, um, but that's not available to uh, Joe Schmo uh, like me and you. So yeah,
1: yeah, you 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 and I can't go onto onto Zdnet and, and write an article and, and have somebody at Google or Twitter notice it and no. do something. And, and I, I mean, actually, I. I, I I have to say, it's a very frightening sort of thought, isn't it? If you stop and think what happened to Matt, they got into his Gmail. Uh, in your Gmail, there's all sorts of stuff, but more to the point, they could get into his Google Drive, where he might well have stored uh, documents. Uh, and, and I don't know if, in Matt's case, this is just talking in generalisations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I found an article, actually, while I was away, which I, I've got on the screen in front of me, which I, I want to actually uh, have a proper read of later. But it, it kind of makes the point of... The disaster that can happen to you if somebody gets into your your Google account, you know, they they get all of your passwords if you've got Google Password Manager running. Not
0: just that. I was just thinking about that. How often do you get emailed a password? Often, like a password reminder. Now, normally it's a reset. Fair enough, but occasionally you'll get a- the actual password sent through. My my mum my mum is always sending me passwords because my dad never remembers them. Um, yeah, but uh, but um, you'll, you'll have all sorts of secure stuff written down in Keep. Yeah. As you say, you'll have documents possibly in uh, Drive. I mean, it's a real gold mine if you get into that, isn't it? Well,
1: I mean, you know, Matt, Matt I'm happy to say, has now got back control of his, his Google, Google account. account. But what he doesn't know uh, is, is quite what these creeps have copied. Uh, you know, because if I, if, if I, if I were this way inclined, which I'm not, the first thing I would do if I got somebody's Google Drive would be to copy it. So that even if I, I subsequently lose control of that account, I've got a copy all the information. So it could be coming back for, for ages to haunt him. Now, I, I had my own little brush with this last year. Um, fortunately, in my case, I was quite lucky because, um, uh, well, I so say you could say lucky, uh, they, they managed to get information, um, and, uh, as a result, got a new SIM card on my account. And the first I knew about it was I came out of a concert, went to call an Uber home and realized I got no signal. And that was, I think it was Saturday evening. It might have been Sunday evening, but no, it was Saturday. Uh, and, and I thought, well, okay, I can't do anything about that till Monday morning uh, because customer services will be closed. Um, So, um, my wife used her phone, we got an Uber that way. Um, And at this point, you just think that the phone's gone wrong. You just think the phone's gone wrong, you can't ring customer service, so you just think, well, I'll ring them up on Monday morning, they'll sort it. By Monday morning, uh, they'd um, obviously got my phone, Uh, they hadn't actually been able to get into my uh, google account and whatever and we'll come to that in a minute but what they had managed to do was to use the information to bluff their way into my telephone banking and uh, empty the account in which i save money to pay the tax man because i'm self-employed so so when i got control of everything on on the monday i discovered i was thirteen thousand pounds down which wasn't a great experience now I have to give credit to Barclays for this. They accepted that I'd never done a, a payment to uh, anybody in Northern Ireland at 11 o'clock on a Sunday evening. Uh, they also accepted that um, it was no good reason why the reference should be Carillion Compensation Payment, because you remember Carillion had crashed at the time. But it, it, it galls me no end that the money almost certainly ended up in a, a Northern Ireland terrorist organisation, because it was actually uh, went into uh, three separate accounts in, in Northern Ireland. Um, and and, I, and, I, and I, indeed, as a result, I got a brief interview from the police over the phone. Now, actually, I was lucky because Barclays did accept that they did refund it, and you know, as a result, I've spent a lot of time putting extra security on things. But that doesn't make you infallible. It, it really, really doesn't make you infallible. But the thing that saved them saved me from them getting into uh, my my Gmail and my Google Drive. I, I have no doubt was the fact that I'd got two factor authentication on those accounts and the two-factor authentication uh, I chose to do was via an app now uh, that worked that time uh, if, if you you read some articles on the web they'll say to you even that isn't enough and that what you should do is have a a, a totally hidden uh, Gmail account and, and and whatever where you store uh, anything private or security wise and and it makes all sorts of this article I've got makes all sorts of points like you know how many of us have got old email accounts that we don't use anymore uh, and apparently that's an increasing way that people hack into your current account because they will say this is the recovery email address um, please send me the recovery to this email and lo and behold you've broken into again so really I mean between us all we've been chatting with me about about authentication and how you protect yourself from somebody um, doing this. I I don't think you can completely protect yourself from uh, SIM swap scams um, because uh, the mobile networks seem to be relatively easy to persuade uh, that you you are genuine, you you have lost your phone or, or whatever, and they send out a new a new SIM, or in my case what happened was somebody managed to go into a store and they did it with information they'd gleaned about me from the internet which being self-employed is not too hard to find. So, you can do some things to protect yourself. Uh, one thing you can do is to remove mobile numbers from recovery methods. Uh, you know, yeah. if, if, if your recovery methods don't have any mobile numbers that they can rely on, then they can nick your SIM as much as they like. It won't actually uh, find them a way in. But, the other thing that we've all been talking about is is physical authentication methods, uh, and and indeed I'm I'm partly hoping you're going to convince me to spend fifty quid by the end of this podcast, and partly wondering if I'm if I'm not right and whether whether I'm not missing the point. So I think maybe at that point tell me tell me about
0: the, the physical method you've bought and how you see it working. So what I did was I've removed my mobile number from all my accounts because that was kind of the main weakness for exactly as you're saying. Yeah. You can just go yeah. into the shop and say, yeah, my name's James Honeyball. Give me my new SIM. And, and they seem to require almost no proof that you are James Honeyball as well. Yeah, I think I've done it as well because I've lost SIMs and I've gone in and got replacements and I can't remember it being too arduous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, what I've done is I've taken my mobile phone off all my accounts and ideally then what I want is one of those corporate you know VPN keys where it's got like the digital numbers on and they flip round. It's a bit like a physical uh, application for giving you the codes mm-hmm. and I want that on a key ring and the reason why I want that uh, and I haven't got that is that you know I move, phone- I move phones around all the time so I don't want to set my authenticator app up Every time I swap phones, because it's a real pain, especially once you've got three or four authenticator um, instances on that app. Actually getting them all set up again is a real pain. So I thought I'd try YubiKey, which is this USB based um, authentication or NFC based authentication. They do both. Um, So I went out and I got that. I got two, actually. I got the uh, USB-C one, and I got the normal USB one with NFC. Uh, unfortunately, the USB-C one doesn't have NFC um, because you use the NFC to get it to work with the iPhone. Hang
1: on. Uh, hang on. You get the NFC to work with the iPhone?
0: Yeah, because uh, the iPhone doesn't have USB, so there's no. no way for you to plug in a USB-C or a full-size USB into an iPhone. So is it integrated with Apple Wallets, then? Uh no, nope, it's just the, the app will uh, ask for you to tap the key against the phone. Oh. So it's obviously using, I believe, that a couple of years ago, uh, Apple did open up the NFC uh, chip to custom apps, and I assume it's using that Must be, mechanism, guess, yeah. or it could be a specific... Uh, Apple may have just specifically supported the uh, security protocols on uh, these UB because... Looking at it, uh, albeit briefly, I'm by no means an expert, it does seem to use kind of like open, known standards for all this uh, authentication and confirmation and verification.
1: So can I ask you two questions at that point then? The first is, why do you think it's hard to set up an authenticator app on on multiple devices? I, I don't think it's a good idea to do it, but why do you think it's hard?
0: Uh, well, you could, a lot of uh, services will only let you have one authenticator app at a time. Hmm. So if my main phone on a Monday is a Samsung S10 uh-huh. and on Friday I change it to be an iPhone, I've got to go onto the iPhone, open up the Authenticator app, log in on a web page into all of the services that I'm using that authenticator app for, you know, deauthorize uh-huh. the old one, reauthorize the new one. It's just a bit of a pain.
1: i got to say, I've never experienced a situation where I couldn't put an Authenticator app on as many devices as I wanted to.
0: But uh, you, every time you change it in the service, it's, it's, it's Gmail for instance, mm. you can, I believe I'm right in saying, you can only have one Authenticator app per service. I mean, maybe if you can have multiple Authenticator apps per service, then mm. that's
1: fine. I, I mean, I mean, actually, having been reading whilst I was away... By the time I finish today, I will only have an authenticator app on one device. But at the
0: moment, I've got an authenticator app on six devices with with a login to all sorts. Yeah, but how many of them are actually usable and are kind of live?
1: All of them. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I think it's a it's a great big security hole. I will be addressing later this morning.
0: But, um, you know, I, I so you're I, saying on, you're saying that on several phones you've got uh, Google LastPass. Uh, Apple, Facebook, Twitter, or- all with entries in this authenticator app, and you've got that on multiple phones, and it doesn't matter which one you use. Absolutely. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's uh, that's good to know because I think that's that could be the the best way forwards because at least you you know maybe you don't want them on all your phones and leave them lying around, but maybe
1: I tell you what I you, there are two there are two things about that. One one is um, I only realised. Uh, 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 <laughs> whilst I was away, then actually most of these Authenticator apps, for example, on the iPhone, you can not only have Face ID to get into the phone, but you can have Face ID to get into the Authenticator app as well, Uh, and indeed on the Android version's fingerprint ID. So, so that's one change that I, I made. It's just that if the phone should happen to be open, you've still got a, a, an extra barrier to
0: getting in. I mean, I, I, I think. And that's know, the Google Authenticator app. Right? No,
1: this is, this is actually, uh, LastPass's Authenticator app. Right? Okay. Which, which also, if it logs into your LastPass account, restores all of your, um, security keys as well, which is why the key thing to
0: protect vigorously, I think, is your LastPass account. Ah, okay. So does last is it LastPass itself that is like syncing the the sort of key generating across all your devices? I think so. Yeah, because it it's it's
1: got its own uh, authenticator app.
0: Ah, okay. Well, this might be how they're doing it then. That actually could be a really good solution then. I mean, obviously, then you're you're uh, very much tied in with the LastPass thing, but. Uh, having it just as one thing is pretty good. Yeah, and and I
1: think LastPass is costing me something like twelve quid a year if the premium one,
0: so it's not a, it's not outrageous. Yeah, I think I'm on the premium for it. Yeah,
1: but the thing that, that frightens me is is somebody breaking into my LastPass account because of course at that point you're you're
0: completely vulnerable, aren't you? In, all bets in, are off at that point, aren't they? Well, it's
1: it's exactly like somebody breaking into your Google account if you're using Google Password Manager, which is another thing that's going to be wiped off today. <laughs> um, but okay, so all right, so so I've, I've you'll see see I've got a number of questions here because I've I've been thinking quite a lot. So so you're now saying, okay, so now you've got your YubiKey and you've got your iPhone. What are you securing on your iPhone with the YubiKey?
0: So the YubiKey, the way I'm using it at the moment, um, and as I say, I'm no 100% expert, it's just the alternative for that sort of first-time new machine verification. So as soon as you try and log in on a new machine one that hasn't already been trusted, it will challenge you and only accept the YubiKey to um, log in. As your only way in. Because what I've done with all of my devices is, is I've set them
1: certainly log out of, of Last Pulse in particular whenever I power down the machine. Yeah. Uh, and So so would you have to use the YubiKey every time you reboot the machine? No, it doesn't situation? seem to do that. No, no. Because what one of the things that really worries me about this is... Um, is physical security of the YubiKey and, and not just it being stolen, but I can just see me sort of packing my bag to go and work somewhere 80, 90 miles away, get to the other end, power the machine on, only to discover I've left the damn YubiKey at home. <laughs> um, which would completely defeat the objective. I then couldn't get into my machine. And, and also you have this question of somebody steals it or you leave it lying around or, or, or any one of a number of situations where in that sense, I think the security offered to me by Face ID on my iPhone, which I certainly am not going to get 80 miles without realising, um, I think that's probably better as a physical thing for me, as long as nobody can get into the
0: iPhone. Um, yeah, the key thing here is, it seems to be that you need the password. You know, the YubiKey's not going to help you with recovery. Oh, no, you recovery. do.
1: No, no, you, you do. But, I mean, the whole point of two-factor is that you've got the password and something else. I mean, when we were talking about this in our, our group uh, one person said, well, if you get the, the nano version of this, you can just leave it in a, in a card slot in your computer. And the other and another one of us said, well, I keep my key with my laptop. And I'm I'm thinking, well, in that case, really, you've not actually got two-factor at all. What you've got is somebody needs to know your very complicated password. Once they know yeah. your very complicated password, the key and the and the, and the
0: two-factor has gone out of the window because the key but is physically with it. But I think a lot, these, a lot of these attacks are done remotely, aren't they? I mean, I think um sure sure you don't often hear of apart from maybe iphones getting snatched out of people's hands you don't often hear of um you know someone being physically targeted i think that's um that's would be kind of next level and to be honest i can grab you and put a gun to your head and say, okay, give me all your passwords sure. and all your details. And, uh... Yeah. yeah, And I'm going to give them to you. You're quite
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I suppose really what I, what I, what I fear with a, a physical security device, and, and I'm I'm certainly quite willing to buy one, um, is in some way being caught out by not having the, the physical key when I need it. Yeah. when I, When I could have my authentication via phone, um, in some other way. And, and, I'm just not convinced that it's a better option than, than for example, the Authenticator app on on, a, on an iPhone is.
0: I think if you've got this, if this Authenticator app, the, the last password one, which I have used, I think, um, if that does sync across multiple devices, then I do think that you might be on to that being uh, probably the best solution. It, it
1: categorically does, Mr. James. If I, if I start into a new new machine and load that app and log into it properly, which obviously, of course, does require the login, yeah. Um, it, it does sink across. Now, I suppose the answer is if I secure that login with a, a YubiKey,
0: yeah, that may be the
1: solution, mightn't it?
0: Yeah, I think that could give you um, some pretty hard and fast security that way. I, I think, to be honest, as long as you've got... I, I mean, I, I did this yesterday. I realised that one of my email accounts that could have been a vector in, exactly as you say, because it's like an old account that might have been listed as a, a recovery, uh, didn't have two-factor on, so... Uh, I quickly sorted that out, and that does now have two-factor. So I think it's making sure. If the ba- first thing is making sure that all of your accounts got two-factor on, and uh, yeah. as a bare minimum, I think that's even right. if you have to use a mobile. And then the next thing is um, don't use a mobile. You know, use a, a either an authenticator app or a physical key or, or something like that as your two, as your um, uh, additional validation.
1: So, so I'm, I'm like well, yeah, I'm just to say, all right, you've you've convinced me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to get the YubiKey key, and I'm going to lock down my last pass with it on the basis that although it's got two factor on it, it maybe isn't enough. Um and we'll go from there and see what happens. I will pull the, back. The
0: advice there is I think to get at least two. Because so, you can do uh, up to five right. on an account and uh yeah, you don't want it just to be one that uh either, you know, you put in the washing machine or you so my guess chuck is, in the bin or something. My
1: guess is the two you'd go for would be the uh NFC USB A and the USB C. Well, not the nano one, but the small one. Yeah, that's that's what I did. Yeah. Right. Okay. Proceed to check out You've cost me eighty-seven pounds ninety-eight, James. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think you could have saved me. It could have saved me more. So it's um, yeah, that's it to be worth doing. I think.
0: So five G. Five G.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, you may remember me moaning bitterly about the demise of my uh, EE um, mast locally. Well, the thing that really irritated me was they wasn't—they wasn't. They wasn't oh dear! Ugh, see, i told you I much they weren't straight about it. You know,
0: um, it was some nesting peregrine falcons or something. Well, wasn't yeah.
1: It? One one minute they 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 tell me in writing that the problem is a new building that's been put up that blocks the uh, the local tower from the network, and then two days later in the local press, there's this—you know—mobile phone service in your area has been destroyed by some peregrine. Peregr- uh, me, it's really bad. Peregrine falcons nesting on our our. Uh, base station well yeah great excuse because obviously they can't can't mess around with nesting peregrine falcons but all I'd say is, when I drove past the base station this morning, it seemed to have an awful lot of pigeons nesting on it, which suggests <laughs> suggest to me that there aren't very many peregrine falcons in the area. Do
0: you think these have been misidentified, and they're actually just uh, fairly swift uh, pigeons?
1: Well, I've got to say, I actually asked them in, in an email, to which they didn't reply. You know, I said, well, obviously, I completely understand this, but what we're going to have next bats or great crested newts. <laughs> they they didn't come back to me on either of those. Um, but anyway, it does seem to have had a very happy. um Outcome from from my point of view. I mean, the first thing to say is they've restored the 4G signal. Um, it, it isn't actually as good as it was before. I was regularly getting over 100 megabits a second, but it's still well into the 80s, which is uh, considerably more than I was getting before. Um Happily, of course, it also took out three signal, um, and, and, and that's not happy. But, but what has happened is that, that now 3 has been restored. They have a, a much faster signal up there as well, um, which is quite good. But the really interesting quirk is that if you look at the EE uh, 5G uh, service map, um, it would seem that their way of resolving this is that they've put in a new link somewhere into the middle of Birmingham, and, and so there's this nice 5G spur uh, of which I'm slap bang in the middle. So immediately before I went on holiday, the, the launch was about ten days before from my collection. Um, I was looking at this and I was thinking, hmm, you know, I, I don't entirely know that I really want to sign up for a two-year contract on 75 quid a month or or whatever, even with an upgrade option. Um, and and what I thought to myself then was, what I really want is a sim-only option. And lo and behold, last week they launched the SIM-only option, didn't they? So I have a, a 5G SIM, which hopefully should be arriving tomorrow. Um, and it's actually quite a reasonable deal. Something like uh, 100 gigabytes for £34 a month, plus VAT. So it's about £40 quid a month. Um,
0: it's, not, it's not criminal,
1: is it? It's not It's not appalling, is it? And, uh, to be honest, I'm not likely to use 100 very often anyway. I mean, I've just used, been away on holiday for a fortnight and used 30. Um, and, and I might say just as a, as a thank you, the VPN you helped me set up worked an absolute treat. So thank you for yeah, that. Brilliant. Um, but it, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think 100, 100 gigabytes for that price is, is outrageous. And so, certainly if you, if you like to think you're into tech and whatever and you want to have an opportunity to experiment, it's a 12 month contract. Uh, so all I now need is a 5G phone, which, um, which may also have been solved, but we'll uh, we'll see about that. That should be arriving tomorrow as well.
0: This gives you the perfect opportunity to get the uh, lG v
1: fifty. Uh, indeed, it will be arriving tomorrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I'm Brilliant. looking forward to this because you and I both like LG phones, don't we? In fact, the only, yeah, b- the only problem is that the V30 Plus has been sitting in the corner weeping since I I told it the news. Um, but, um, but no, so I'm looking forward to that. It should be quite interesting to see how that goes. I, I don't know it's going to make an earth shattering difference, but I mean, it's, it's actually costing me something like £10 a month more than my existing contract, which is a, um, a thirty gigabyte contract. Um so for an extra tenner a month, I'm getting seventy extra gigabytes a month and it's 5G where there is five G coverage, which of course is going to be a limiting factor for a little while. Um but it also means when some different 5G phones come out later in the year, I'm not tied into a, a stupid contract for two years. So um yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, quite excited is, about
0: that. This is really exciting. Um I'd only put a slight downer on on everything by sort of suggesting that having 5g in your house is not of a huge amount of use as long as you've got a decent broadband well uh, most of the time i've got excellent broadband um
1: and and i do agree with you it's not it's not a be-all and end-all um i i think my justification of it is uh i hope when i go to london which i do often it will be
0: an advantage to having a less congested network um and when you're when you're mowing the grounds away from the <laughs> <Grant>. main house, <laughs> No, I have uh, I have
1: my gardener do that. Don't worry. Oh, um, <laughs> that's true. actually, Yeah. So there's not
0: even an advantage there. I'm sorry. No, wait. Hang
1: on. Oh. What was it? No, I pit of set off Siri now. Was that your gardener? Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. It, it, Siri seems to think I just said I have I have my god to do that. <laughs> it says I'm sorry. I don't understand that. Go away, Siri. Um, no, I, I mean, I, yes, I'm bound to agree with you that it's of limited use while you're. Actually, at home, especially if you've got a decent broadband, which, which would most of the time I do. Um, on the other hand, uh, as an opportunity to play with the tech, yeah, there will yeah, be a, yeah, there, will, there will be a few occasions that I actually use it in anger, and I don't think a ten pound premium for um, for for what I'm already paying, especially since I get an increase in data, is so terrible, and and it does give me an excuse to get the V50, doesn't it? So yeah. you know, pretty much every way around, I'm
0: I'm quite happy with that. So where are you getting your V50 from?
1: Um, Well, I would have to say to you that it's a fairly famous V50, and it comes from the same location as as the HTC-11 I used to have, the beautiful red one.
0: Uh I'm very very jealous. I'm kind of desperate to get a new LG, because I'm sort of stuck on the uh, G7 and the V30 at the moment, and it's really difficult to actually get hold of these new LGs. You can't really get the uh the G eight with the triple camera very easily at all. No. You can't you can now start to get hold of the V forty fairly commonly and that's one that I might actually investigate because the price on that's coming down quite nicely. V forty um, looks
1: quite nice, although Andy had one, didn't he? And didn't like it.
0: He didn't, but Andy seems to not like LGs when he has them for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, he's he's a fair weather LG user, isn't he? Yeah, he needs to be forced to use it for a longer period of time so he can sort of uh, get used to it, I think. But the thing is, I only have one very specific problem with the g Actually, I've got two specific problems with the G7 to stop it being absolutely perfection. Mm -hmm. uh, And that is the... LCD screen is excellent, but it's not as good as the G6 screen. Um, the contrast and the blacks aren't quite as good and it doesn't support, uh, Dolby vision as per the G6. Um, and the other thing is the camera processing is a little bit uh, too aggressive. Uh, I still think they had an absolute sweet spot with the V30. I still think the V30 is one of the best cameras around. It's the oldest
1: phone I've got, and and the reason I've hung on to it is exactly that. I think the camera is very good on it.
0: Uh, I was just playing about with the S10 versus the V30 this morning, and the S10 uh, over-processes and doesn't get as as pleasant. It's difficult to describe this because the S10 will produce very punchy, attractive photos across the board you know nice bright colors engaging you know good dynamic range but the V30s are more natural and pleasing from that point of view yeah um so and the G7 seemed to be more of a sort of a samsung style processing uh than uh the the, the classic lg natural processing and i'm desperate to know whether the G8 the V40 and the V50 um have better processing you know either better version of the g7 i.e not quite as grainy and gunji um or whether it's back to the sort of v30 iphone style natural kind of pixel look of photos
1: yeah i mean I, I, yeah there is a little bit of me does worry about that on on the on the v50 when i look at what andy was saying about the v40 um and and certainly uh in many ways, although it had other shortcomings, the G5 and the G4 were really, really good cameras. I think, in Yeah, their superb.
0: Day. I was looking at some uh, G4 yeah. photos yesterday, and they are absolutely superb. I have great fun with
1: my G4, and 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 it took some pictures. I was really, really happy with. I, I am a little bit worried because I, I, yeah, the V thirty is good um G7 mm, I was never quite happy with the G7 I mean, yeah, there's lots to like about it but also stuff that I, I don't really like but, but I think it's funny I think you, you, you know we all sort of get favorites don't we like for example the I I, I always think I ought to like Samsung photos better than I do uh, and, and I know there are those who go, oh, the S10 is masses better than the P30 Pro. All I can really say is, I think on the whole I prefer the P30 Pro photos. That might be because I've got rubbish eyes, of course, but you, you can also get over involved in it, can't you? Because in the, the day, we would all have killed for uh, pictures taken with any of the top 10 mobiles, even on a camera 25 years ago. I mean, I, I, I was looking the other day at some pictures I took in Australia in, um, in 1986, uh, and they were taken on a, a, a a big SLR uh, with a decent lens, and, and, and at its time I think it was the, um, not the top of the range that Minolta did, but it was the second one down. And, and, and honestly, I've taken better photos on quite a few phones, simply because um, much more responsive ISO mostly, you know, you've got a bit greater greater range. Uh, the pictures in low light are infinitely superior on, on loads of current phones. Um, so... Yeah, maybe we're all just a bit too picky. I, I, I'm looking forward to the V50. I, I hope I like it as much as, as the, you know, the V30. Uh, if I don't, well, like I said, I'm, I'm not tied into a particular phone. It'll just be a case of looking for a different 5G phone in a few months' time, which we all know I'll do anyway because I'm a sucker for it. Yeah,
0: yeah. so I'm definitely um, close to pulling the trigger on... Uh, I, I'm desperate to get hold of a V40 or a G8. So as soon as uh, the opportunity for one of those comes up, I'll, t- uh, you know, at a cheap... LG and in inverted commas price. I don't want to pay, you know, seven eight hundred quid. Well, that, that's
1: the trouble with LG, isn't it? That they they quite unfairly, I think, don't hold
0: their price very well. It's uh, the trouble, but also one good thing, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, so it. yeah, I'll I'll wait to see. It's uh, wait to see those come down. Well, it's only a good thing if you hop on at the right time, isn't it? That's the, that's the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I kind of not super keen to hop on it now. But uh, yeah, I'll be very very interested to see what your reports of the. Uh, The V50 are. So I think that the V50, possibly even the V40, and actually possibly even the V30, are great candidates for the holiday phone. Yeah. So uh, I think you've just returned from holiday. Yeah. Uh, I'm off to holiday soon. So let's talk holiday phones, which I think we've probably touched on before, but of our current um, selection, what's your what did you find was the... uh, the holiday phone that you grabbed. <laughs>
1: well, actually, um I in a way I sort of disappointed myself really on, on holiday.
0: I I took um I
1: actually end up uh, I am gonna have to confess this, I ended up taking four phones on holiday because I couldn't decide. Nice. Um one was the one was the uh Tennis Max which I took apart from anything else because I have got an Apple Watch uh, and I thought well I really should take that. Um and, and anyway that's that's kind you know of...
0: I wear my Apple Watch disconnected from my from my iPhone that it's registered to quite a lot of the time. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I really like the Apple Watch. I do too. And um, things like, I actually use it now in the gym. So I'll go into the gym, put some music on on my Apple Watch, put a podcast on maybe, uh, listen via Bluetooth speakers, and it's the perfect gym machine, if you like. I have to admit, I've never tried downloading music to my Apple Watch. It works really well, yeah. Um, I wouldn't know how to
1: begin, but I'm sure I could find out.
0: The one thing that it has done is it's highlighted to me that this Series 1 watch is very slow. Even though it's got better internals than the Series 0, it's slow. So that's on my list of things to get upgraded as well. I really want to get a new watch. So maybe if they do an an Apple Watch 5 uh, end of this year, I'll invest there because yeah, it's a little bit sluggish, but it works really well. And of course, you've also got your activity tracking um and your heart rate tracking yep. going on all the time. So when I get home, if I want to check out what my heart rate was for the week or whatever, I can go to the iPhone that it's registered to, which is the iPhone X, which I'm not currently using day to day and see all the settings there because it all syncs up at the end of the day anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, well, I
1: mean, I can, I can see some logic in it, and it would certainly be a bit less stressful than the constant reminders all the time and whatever. Mm. Um, but to be honest, to be honest, the watch actually ties me into Apple more than the phone does. If they make the watch uh, phone independent, which there do seem to be some changes, to yeah, well, that, they're going
0: in that direction, aren't yeah, they? Yeah,
1: if they if they said right, okay, well, we've now called so much of this. Uh, this, this, uh, wearables market, we're gonna now open it to Android, uh, probably would stop me buying another iPhone actually, but anyway. So yeah, so I took that. I didn't use it very much as a camera. Really, uh, the only time I, I, um, carried only that was, for example, when we were out for dinner or something. So I took a few photos, but not very many. Um, I took the Pixel 3, uh, which I didn't use terribly much. I made myself use it for, for one afternoon, and, and, and the trouble is, <laughs> It's a box brownie, isn't it, really? It's capable of taking excellent photos. But when when I'd got only that with me, I missed the wide angle and I missed the telephoto. Um, The one time I would really have liked it was we went into an amazing uh, Greek Orthodox church with icons in every direction. I would like to have done one of the sort of uh, bubble panorama pictures that Pixel has. Um, But unfortunately, I'd left it in the hotel. So I never got the chance to do that. Um, I took the uh, S10+, Plus, which I... Used very happily for one afternoon. Um, but again, I don't know. I mean, the pictures I've taken from it are nice, but there's nothing really wrong with them. But I kept going back to the P30 Pro because actually, more for the wide angle than anything else. Um, but I, but also, there were a fair few occasions when I did use the the big zoom, you know, usually doing things like leaning it on a wall or something like that to to stop the, uh, the movement. Because when you get to some of those big, uh, um, magnifications, you know, the slightest wobble and the whole thing goes out of frame. Even
0: with the OIS, it still needs to be secured, does it? Well,
1: yeah, ultimately, I mean, you know, I mean, for example, one place we were at, you could see some storks nesting on a building, I don't know, two, three hundred yards away. You could zoom in really well, and I got a, a perfectly okay picture. It's not the crispest picture, but then it's done with the phone. But on um, sort of thirty odd times magnification, the slightest tremor in your hands and it, the picture is dancing around. So you, your easiest tactic is to lean it on a wall or up against something and, and hold it still that way. Yeah, yeah. But but the problem really was, although I wanted to use the others, I kept coming back to no, I'm going to go back to that almost like it was a you know a, a, a comfort blanket really because it would just do everything. And uh, it's not a perfect phone. It's not a perfect camera. I could. Come up with a few faults that I don't like about it, but it ticked most of the bases. What, what I really want is a a, a Pixel Four with a wide-angle lens. I think. Yeah. I can yeah. I can kind of do without the telephoto, although I did find uh, I did use that quite a bit. But something with the quality of the Pixel, but with a wide-angle lens. That, that that to be honest really disappointed me. I thought oh, I can get by without that, but the, the number of photos I took on wide-angle. Yeah. Because we were going around historic sites. We were up in the mountains. Uh, we had a truly terrifying drive through the mountains when Google Ways sent us the most direct route that basically meant we went something like 15 miles down a road with no crash barriers, nowhere uh, wide enough for two cars. So you had to look for passing places and. <sighs> hundreds of metres drop
0: on the this side. This sounded absolutely terrifying. It was. It?
1: It's the most frightening piece of driving. I mean, actually, it was okay, but it was the most frightening piece of driving I have ever done. It, even worse than when I went uh, from to Granada from the south of Spain in 1985 before they built the six-lane motorway. <laughs> it was just terrifying. I mean, spectacular views, but, I mean, we saw a couple of motorbikes that had gone over the edge, and, and the, the people on those motorbikes wouldn't have come back from it. It was a long, long way down.
0: Uh, yeah, um, it's a weird thing to not have barriers on a road like that.
1: Well, well, if you look at it in the map subsequently, it, it's shown as a minor road. Uh, and actually, you know, I, I, I said to my wife when we got to the end, I, I hope to God there's another way back, because I'll, I'll do it if I have to, because obviously if you're 30 miles away from where you're staying and you've got to go that way, it's your only choice. But in fact, there was a, a road along the coast, which was about an extra 20 miles longer, but which was a perfectly serviceable road it still went over the mountain but it did have crash barriers and it was two lanes and indeed a coach could go along it but this road the worst thing about it really was that that there was no warning that there were going to be no crash barriers and there was no warning the road was going to get too narrow to turn round in, was there's no way you could have turned round. Um, and indeed, we met about four cars coming the other way, and it was a bit of a case of, right, hang on, there's a bit there. If we drive up into the uh, against the rock, they can just about get by the other side. It was
0: the most frightening drive I have ever done. I take <laughs> it you didn't want to be the one overtaking on the outside at any uh, time no, that, that you met someone. That
1: was the that was the only only really good thing about it, was that, that, as, that every time we met somebody, it so happens I was on the, the hillside of of the, the road not the outside of the road uh, and, right, and there, was, yeah. there was one occasion when the guy came the other way pulled over um, so that we would have had to go around the outside of him but but fortunately for me I was able to pull over into a bigger space so he had to go for it anyway right. <laughs> but no it was one of those ones you get to the bottom and, and actually I, I was in a way I was quite pleased but I think the fact was I had so little options to what I could do. You couldn't really afford to be frightened. You just have to get on with it. Yeah. No, um, it's interesting the way that
0: you, oh. you only worry about it afterwards, don't you? Because the sort of the adrenaline and everything keeps you uh, on task during it. Unfortunately, I, can, I can't persuade my
1: wife to drive abroad. So uh, what I could really have done with it is a stiff drink at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but no, that wasn't an option either. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, interesting. But there we go. Never mind.
0: Holiday's always good fun. Okay, so you, so your recommendation is the P30 Pro, yeah, uh, which I mean, obviously I don't have. But do you want to borrow it? I, I think you're right. I mean, basically, if you put a wide angle for me, if you put a wide angle lens on the iPhone, then that's the perfect device because uh, I do really like live photos.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that would be good too. Yeah, you know, if the new new iPhones got a wide angle and a, a better zoom. I mean. It's pretty good. Let's be let's be honest. The iPhone camera is not a disaster, is it? It's a pretty good camera, but I think it is surpassed in a number of ways by a number of
0: Android devices. It's so fast, usable, and pleasing the results uh, that I would be very happy with an iPhone eleven with a wide angle camera, which is heavily rumored and yeah. leaked. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. And also, obviously, the Pixel four's been leaked with two cameras, and you know Google have have had a real hard time trying to justify their pixel range um outside of sort of camera geeks and absolute uh, google geeks it's too expensive um, it's way too expensive yeah. but if they're going to put two sensors on if they don't if that second one isn't a wide angle then i mean i think we might as well just uh they might as well just pack up and go home really
1: yeah i think that's right i mean i might say i would probably be well i'm sure i would be much happier if i'd not gone for the tennis max um, because I had the, the 10, uh and, and I absolutely loved that phone. The XS Max, I, I, as a work phone, it's great, because, like, for example, you want to use a calculator, it's good. If you want to download a spreadsheet, it's great. But in terms of taking it around and using it as a camera, it it's just that bit bulky. I wish I'd got the uh, the XS, to be honest. And, and actually, that's probably more likely why I would upgrade than any, any other single reason, because the phone itself is, is still fast and responsive. Uh, I still like it but it is a bit of a chunk in the hand. So if they bring out an 11 with a wide angle lens as well, it's going to be, take a deep breath and spend a lot of money time, I guess.
0: Yeah, so I, you know, my iPhone's still the X, so it'll be two years uh, on top of that X. So yeah, I'll be really looking forward to getting that 11 with the wide angle. So unfortunately, that's not out until the end of the year alongside the Pixel 4. So both of those phones could be, Amazing if they add that wide-angle lens in. It's really in- interesting, isn't it? Uh, that that is now, as we always said, it would be an essential part of a phone going forward. You need that wide-angle yeah, lens.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, it depends on what you like to on holiday, of course. But if if like me, I mean, we've we've been to. um Crete was somewhere that was, was ruled by the Venetians for 200 years, so they built lots of castles everywhere. If, you, if you're trying to take a picture of a sort of Venetian castle, you don't want to sort of think, well, i I have the left-hand side or the right-hand side? You want to be able to take a picture of the whole thing, don't you? And yeah, yeah. landscapes, mountains, they're all the same sort of thing. You don't want a, a restricted view. And I, and I think, yeah, the wide-angle lenses, I think, oh, I well, mean, interesting enough, LG have been proven to be right, haven't they? They were the ones who stuck to the uh, the wide-angle yeah. lens.
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, for me, it's either the Pixel Three because it's the out-and-out out best photo quality, or the S10e, which is the uh, little S10 that I've got. Uh, You've um, you got the
1: Snapdragon S10e. Yeah. So you could put the, the the Pixel camera on that.
0: Yeah, I've got the I've got a Pixel camera on there, and it works okay. But as with all Pixel camera ports, it's not perfect. Yeah. and Every now and again, it will let you down because either it's come out with the wrong colours or uh, it's not saved it or, you know, it's 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 just not working or it's crashed or whatever. So um, it is on there, but I tend just to use the stock camera app. And the good thing about the s 10 is it's got loads of little gimmicks on the camera, which are good fun. You know, the uh, um, the depth mode is pretty good. You know, you can do the colour pop. Uh, it's got really good super slow motion Um there's lots of little toys on the camera, but the, the, the camera is fiddly and slow. You know, you're trying to trying to queue up a shot on it. It takes you 20 minutes to actually uh, load the app and select all the settings that you need that, for it. That's really,
1: to be honest, one of the reasons why the uh, S10 Plus didn't do it for me. Um, I mean, for example, ColourPop. When we had uh, Lumia, the, the one and only thing that I think that, that Nokia, well, only too strong, one of the things Nokia got really right, I think, was the way they did the ability to do a pop afterwards. And, uh, you know, and I've, I've got some pictures that I, I used ColourPop on, they were quite a lot of fun, I enjoyed them. Nobody has ever really quite come out with the same thing, unless somebody can tell me otherwise. In which case, I'll be delighted. I mean, the color pop on the on the Samsung is something you've got to kind of choose to want to do there and then, isn't it?
0: Now, it's a different it's a different logic because it's full color. It's full color for the uh, thing in the foreground, whereas for Nokia, it was picking out a particular single color for the entire well, photo, well, wasn't it? Well, it could be more than one color.
1: Um, I mean, I I, I, uh, I was in Helsinki, and they have their uh, uh, an Orthodox cathedral with gold domes and uh, it's a quite a beautiful building and you can play with the various different colours so I can remember sort of doing some colour pots with two or perhaps three colours um, which you can't very easily do I, well I, I've never found an app that will do it that I was happy with um, but I, the, the trouble I found with, with the Samsung thing, yeah it does the job very well but you know, my wife is sort of. Are you ever going to take that photograph? You know, you've you've messed around with this, you've messed around with that. If you're if you're there with more than more than on your own, uh, you know, you may not have the opportunity to say, "I'm going to take a live colour pop now," because you might want to think about it later. And that, that's what I used to do with a Nokia. I get back to the hotel afterwards, I think. Yeah, I wonder what happens if I play with this and save it as that and and whatever. I've never the found one, an app that does cool that very thing, well.
0: The one cool thing that you can do on the S10 is you go to take a live photo. What they I think they call it a live photo, or they call it a... um. What do they call I it? it? I can't remember. I bet it's not live photo. Live focus. Yes, that's it. Focus. Which is very confusing, because live photos what we all want. Um, they do take motion photos, but it doesn't have the audio, so it's not quite as useful. Anyway, they have this live focus, which is basically portrait mode. And the good thing about it is you can subsequently change a bit like on the iPhone, I think, you can subsequently change the characteristics of it. So if you've taken a really nice... And I did this for a photo from a night out. I'd taken a uh, a photo from a night out, but it got the blurring wrong, uh, which these things are prone to do. Of course. But I could take the level of blur down to zero and still have a very nice photo. Oh, well, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. And um, the other thing it does, which is quite nice, is it, it you can subsequently change it to where it has coloured in the... Uh, foreground subject, and that sometimes does look quite good. I know that um, they can be quite popular.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, none of these is perfect, is it? And, and I think one of the things that, that it, I mean, we've said this before. I think you're prone to this a bit, but not as bad as me. Maybe I'm. I'm always looking for the next best camera, and. A bit like I said earlier, sometimes I think you can get too, too worked up on that. But on the other hand, there genuinely are some amazing new developments. I mean, if, if I take the P30, for example, the, the, the periscope zoom is, is quite incredible. All right, yeah, there are places yeah. where it's jerky. There are certainly a couple of magnifications where it sticks to the wrong lens, I think. I mean, I think it's about somewhere between three and a half and five. You're actually better to either stick to three or to go to six. You know, yeah I've seen that yeah yeah uh, and there's another point somewhere in the sort of 10, 11, 12 range as well but in between times what it actually cheeses is just astonishingly good um, and, and so that's probably why we do get heads up with this because there are new developments that, that do make a huge difference I mean just look at the pixel camera for example that 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 kind of revolutionised things I mean so, some of the pictures you can take with the pixel are just amazing um, so yeah lots to look forward to isn't there yeah so, and so I, what are you going I to take on it, holiday
0: um, then that's the question so yes, I think I'll need to be think I need to think on it a little bit more I think. I think um it's kind of like I do like the interface on the Pixel. Obviously it's nice and clean and um very simple and the and the camera's nice. The camera's brilliant in fact. But the S10e does have all these bells and whistles that are sometimes useful in a sort of holiday scenario. So uh, that, and that, I, that's, I, yeah,
1: that's the classic Catch-22 isn't it, that's that's kind of exactly why I took the Pixel and didn't use it very much because I wanted the bells and whistles and, and the one time I wanted the one specific bell and whistle I'd left the damn camera in the hotel um, but yeah we you, we all do sort of get attracted to the well this camera can do that and this one can do that um, really it'd be kind of nice to get a big hammer and mash them all up together and get one that does everything but I suppose it would actually do nothing as a result wouldn't it but but no, the, the, it's an almost impossible choice, unless, you, unless you're actually prepared to wander around somewhere with an entire bag full of cameras, uh, which, yeah, which I'm I don't not. Yeah, really
0: and I don't really want to take multiple things. It's just t- it's more things to worry about, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Um, we'll see. I'll, uh, I'll uh, report back in a in a future episode as to which way I went with it. Uh, so the next thing that I was going to mention was to do with holidays, which uh, the one thing that I will be taking is my Samsung Tab S5e. Now, I have
1: to say, I haven't seen the uh, S5e Tab, so I'm, I'm going to call that one up on uh, on Amazon to have a look at that. And the reason I haven't is because I've got an S4 Tab, so there's not much point
0: using that. So imagine ah. the S4 Tab. Yes. Uh, make it much lighter and thinner. Make it nice and sort of metallic-ish it's got, feeling. It's got a
1: distinct iPad Pro shape
0: to it, hasn't it? Yeah, it's kind of very iPad Pro-y. Uh, take the bezels right down uh, across the sides and the uh, top and bottom. Um, unfortunately, ditch the headphone jack, which is kind of crazy, but it is genuinely it is genuinely thin... There's a really nice case that I got for it, which was this official Samsung case, which attaches magnetically. So you don't have to sort of clip it in like the old Tab S1. Mm. Uh, or I think on the Tab S4, it's just, um, sort of cheap, uh, corner held in, isn't it? Into the cases. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I just got a generic case on my S4. Yeah. I don't think that the, I don't think that there's a nice fixing mechanism on the, on the Tab S4, but on the S5e, it uses magnets and it's really nice. No, so you wonder, wonder where the, that idea came from. Uh, is, is that the same as the uh, iPad Pro as well? Yes. Is it? I, I think it's a blatant ripoff of the um, of the iPad Pro. The only there's one small problem that I have with it. Well, there's two actually. The first thing is they I'm convinced it's an identical panel to the S4 Tab S4, but they haven't set it for HDR. Or maybe it's a slightly worse panel and it doesn't have HDR. But to be honest, I think it's the same panel and they just haven't sort of. Act switched on HDR for sort of um, product price differentiation purposes. Yeah. But to be fair, you know, the OLED panels on these Samsung tablets uh, are great. And do they really need HDR? It's a nice bonus. But if it doesn't have it, it's not the end of the world, I think. No, it, so be it right. it doesn't have HDR. And also what they've done is um, to make it look like the iPad Pro, they've curved the screen uh, corners yeah so you know if you remember like pretty much all phones now they don't have square corners they have curved corners which I've kind of got used to I thought I'd hate but from like the LG G6 I've kind of got used to these corners I kind of keep thinking well what about if I want to use the five or six pixels in the absolute corner of each of the you know, each corner of the screen um, and, of course, you never do. So it's a bit, so... a bit
1: desperate if you're worried about those five, isn't it? Well, exactly.
0: I think we've <laughs> all now, apart from on something like the One 6T, uh, yeah. which has got like really uh, very curved edges, which actually does start to cut off content, as long as you haven't got that, I think um, it's basically fine. You know, a, a small curvature. Now, the thing that really annoys me about the Tab S5e, it's all a bit of a mouthful, is that they've achieved that curve just by turning the pixels off. Really? So you look at it under a light. <laughs> the pixels are there, it, they just haven't actually. Yeah, more. it goes to, the, goes to the corner of the screen. And in fact, when you do a firmware update and it, it goes to sort of one of the screens that's like, okay, I'm now in recovery, updating yeah. your um, firmware, it lights up the pixels are to there. a perfect square. Oh, how ridiculous. But uh, in all uses, including watching video during use... You, I, I cannot find a way to light up those corners. So yes, it looks kind of attractive, but it just irritates me. And yeah. it wouldn't irritate me at all if those pixels weren't there. But the fact that they are there—the fact they've disabled
1: them—is ridiculous. Disabling them is,
0: <laughs> is is it's just frustrating. Yeah. So that's like uh, those are the two issues that I suppose it's three now, isn't it? Those are the three issues with it. Apart from that, I suppose the fourth one is it's uh, a mid-range uh, silicon in it. Uh, so it is laggy and fairly yucky from a speed point of view. But when I'm using my tablet, I'm tending not to worry too much about that.
1: So, so if it if it's a bit laggy and the silicon isn't as good
0: and the screen is the same, what's the advantage of the new one? It's thinner and lighter, and that counts for a real lot. Especially if you're travelling, yeah. 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 Oh. So it's kind of like really... Um, I I thought the sweet spot up to this point, and it's still probably still might even be arguably the best choice because I think it's pretty much the same screen. Um, it's it's a lot older, but the difference I can't tell too much of difference. Was the old uh, Tab S one uh, setup? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had the Tab S one. Uh, is it ten point five? Is that the screen size? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it's well, it quite big one, whatever. Wasn't it? Um, but. You Know the S1 was brilliant, you know, nice and light. It was very plastic at that time because it was based on the um design language of the um S5, the, the Galaxy S5, you know, with that kind of yeah, elastoplast back. But that was a really lovely um tablet. So eventually, did sell that on when I got the um the Tab S4, um, which is a great tablet, but it is heavy, it is and, quite heavy, um, yeah.
1: I, I, that's that would be my criticism of it.
0: it, is it is a bit heavy, so yeah. the... the, the the tab S5e is where it's at at the moment. Really nice.
1: Um, so that, that's a definite holiday one then. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So so what, what are you going to do about mobile connectivity where you're going? So, because I'm going to Turks and Caicos, that is covered under this Black Friday Vodafone, Vodafone SIM that we yeah, all got.
1: Yeah. That we both We both got one, didn't we?
0: Yeah. So in theory, I think I'm sorted. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it wasn't an issue
1: for me in Greece, of course, but... Uh... In fact, in Greece, in Greece, I have to say I was I was very pleasantly surprised at the um, the mobile connectivity. It was generally very very good, uh, so I was, I was more than happy with the uh, the Black Friday SIM.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, where I'm going, as long as I've got enough um, connectivity for bits and bobs, then that's enough. You know. Uh, yeah, you don't want to spend all day on it. Do you? I spent far no. too much,
1: far too much time chatting to you. To all of you like has to be said. But...
0: Well, actually, yeah, I'll probably be. Um... On the group uh, Telegram channel, you know, ninety-nine percent of the day showing um, hourly pictures of palm trees. What you and mean beaches like last time?
1: You, yeah, true. Yeah, you, well, you, you definitely have the most exotic holidays, don't you? Well, you've got to rub it in sometimes. Yeah, and, don't and you? you do it very well. I mean, yeah. that's the best thing about when you're in Cuba. It kept you quiet for about five hours a day, didn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting the the right geek level of connectivity in Cuba was a little bit of a challenge. <laughs>
1: Quite a bit, I should think.
0: As long as you've got enough bandwidth to send pictures of cocktails and palm trees through, <laughs> uh, you know, Facebook Messenger or whatever. So I missed I missed out there, enough. didn't I? Yeah, 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 yeah. You should have done that on your uh, recent holiday. Yeah, well, never my day. So I would like. Oh, yeah. So one of the phones that I use. Um, i have used probably for. It's probably been my most used phone. Was my Sony Xperia Z3 Compact. Yeah. So I use it for running because it's waterproof. Um, it's small, um, reasonably powerful. It's got a. a, a it's got a very much a potato camera, but I can snap something significant if it, you know if an alien UFO lands in front of me. I can probably just about capture it as long as it's in daylight. Um so I've just used it for my um running phone yeah. consistently um now it's had a you know you sometimes you get a spot on the camera sensor yeah uh so it's had that for the last few couple of years uh and more recently the headphone jack started playing up and it got to the point <laughs> where the I couldn't use it with wired headphones you get to the point with something like that where you just think this is not any longer yeah, worth the candle don't you yeah, and to be honest, the, I, I was convincing myself that the battery was starting to play out. But to be fair, it had gone however many years. I mean, it must be several, several years. Yeah, you've had it in a while, haven't you? Yeah, so I thought, right, okay, I need to replace this uh, Z3C Compact or Z3 Compact, I suppose. Um, now, what do you think I replaced it with? So it's got to have... Oh, the other thing it's got to have is an FM radio course because sometimes I'm running on a, a Saturday afternoon and I, you can't stream... Um, my local radio station to listen to the football, so it's got to have an FM FM radio, reasonably, you know, rugged and waterproof, uh, very small, very light. I do do very much admire your devotion to Reading Football Club, but
1: yeah, that's the nature of being a fan, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what do I suggest? Well, you, you just threw a curveball in there at the last minute by saying it got to have an FM radio. So I think I probably would. Uh, Um, Does the Z5 Compact have an FM radio? I'm not sure if it does.
0: Um... Do you know what? I don't think it does. The thing I don't like about the Z5 Compact is that uh, they took away... It's heavier, thicker, uh, the camera's no better, the screen's identical, and they took away the dock, and I've got the dock. They, They took away the dock connector and I've got the dock. It so. has to
1: be said, the thing I hate most about Sony phones it was the, the SIM trays, which are kind of like, they're designed to fall apart. And, oh, and yes. Them. They're just yucky. I,
0: I, I they, think, I think, they caused the destruction of my Z1 compact.
1: Yeah, they're just horrible. God alone knows what they thought they were doing. They, they, when, when Panasonic produced their, the CM1, that had the same, same horrible affair. You see me, the shapes changing it. Well, I, I can only assume that you won't, well, I mean, there is an obvious thing you could do, and that would be to get something like a Xiaomi, because they, they all have uh, from Recollection FM radios, so I might be in the pr- looking stupid
0: there, but I'm pretty sure I've I've do seen. Do they do that. one that small and light? Uh, don't know. Um, in it, it, thinking about it now, the S10e um, Snapdragon version would have been a option because I believe. Let me just check. This does have a radio, I believe. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah, yeah. Only Xiaomi I have to hand is the is the Mi Max Three, which certainly fails your criterion of being small and easy the size to. size test. Yeah. <laughs> to, to so work. actually, the
0: S10E could just about do it, even though it is a it is a fair bit bigger than the uh, Z3 Compact S, I so I have to say. Mm.
1: So, but I have a horrible sinking feeling. I know where this is going. What yeah, what, what so colour the, Z3 did you buy then?
0: Uh, so yeah, I got another Z3 Compact, and I got it off eBay, I think it came from Hong Kong. I was convinced it was going to be uh, counterfeit or reconditioned. Um, it certainly came with slightly different packaging than my original one because I got, I've still got all the original packaging for the for, the, for, the, for my current one. Uh, so it looks legit. Um, I put the latest firmware on there. It, it's a different. Um, firmware uh, skew if you like because it says LTE rather than 4G in the top corner which I think is territory uh, changes by territory Um, so yeah I'm really happy with it I went with like the um, light green color which I think is fairly beautiful Um, equal to the white I think of the other one so yeah I'm really happy with it Uh, set it all up identical obviously this one the camera works perfectly it I've convinced myself that the camera looks better but um, I think it's just because it it doesn't have an ugly splodge on it. Well, that always helps, um, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Headphone jack works, et cetera. So, and it was only 60 quid. Whoa, wow. Can't really go Brand wrong, new. can you? No. So, uh, that's was a real result, I thought. And it continues to be fast enough. It's got the Snapdragon 800, which is what I think is the... Actually, it's got an 801, I think, which is obviously the slightly overclocked version of the 800. Uh, I think that the 800 and the 801 was a big turning point in mobiles, and is still they still hold up just about as uh, usable today. Especially as you're um, running the
1: phone, you're, you're not gonna, you're not trying to stress it too much, are you?
0: No, exactly. Yeah. Um, although Pocket Casts is a bit of a bloated mess these days, so oh, yeah. that does its best to uh, to defeat it. Getting the small size and the lightweight. I don't think has been replicated and I'm happy to be um, corrected uh, if anyone knows of anything that gets close to that these days, but um, the Z3 compact I think is pretty much the ideal running phone. So there we go. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, I think the, the the shame about the Z3 compact is it follows on from the Z1 compact, which I think was the last phone along, I, I suppose with the Z1 non-compact and, um, Alongside the Z1 Ultra, or did they just call it the Z Ultra? Now, those phones, I think, were the last phones that had any Sony DNA in. They felt like a Sony product. They had that kind of metallic, metallic feel. Yeah. Um, dense. The design language was all Sony. Those phones, I think, were the last. What, 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 phone what that Sony's done could, uh,
1: with their mobile has just confused me. You know, I mean, it's very hard to understand, isn't it? They they kind of swallowed Ericsson, which made some really nice phones, and then they just sort of fossilized them. I mean, it's like all these massive bezels on the on the phones they have, and and they keep promising we're going to have a great camera. We make most of the decent camera sensors on most of the world's smartphones, and then they produce potato software. It's just well, very hard to understand, isn't it?
0: That it was only on the very latest generation of experience um, launched i i think it was in ces where they had any involvement from uh i can't remember what the camera team was the the alpha team that's it yeah i mean you know they produce fantastic cameras and, and rubbish phones it's really odd they, they're by and large i think sony are considered the best from the rx 100 upwards you know yeah. you, you sort of step aside from uh the people who have the preferences for the canon and nikon and i personally have that canon preference but if you sort of you know blind test they're they're well up there if not the best camera makers what and to the the good i suppose the one good thing about it is at any time sony could release the ultimate sony phone with the ultimate sony camera the ultimate sony music experience the ultimate sony um industrial design we just waiting for them to do did. it i would love it if they did i mean you know sony, sony
1: bought uh, going back to that minolta i mentioned a while ago they bought minolta's uh camera business didn't they and, and they rolled that into their own business and, and they produced some fantastic cameras uh, I, in fact i very nearly bought one before i went away and and, and then i thought no i know what happen. you you would sort of say well i can do this on the phone why bother with the camera and it would just become a Another thing to carry around, but I came very close to it but but yeah it's it's it it baffles me. They produce such good cameras and such bad camera phones,
0: yeah, well, I think that they've at least done something interesting with the their latest generation to go with that super tall screen, which not my cup of tea, but um it shows that they're at least doing stuff and they're still alive and kicking. um I just wait for them to release. I've always been a fan of Sony's. I yeah. just wait for them to release that um Sony industrial-designed, brilliantly cameraed uh, smartphone, yep, which absolutely right. So, hopefully will come in the future. Let's hope so. Okay. All right. Well, have a good uh, next couple of weeks, yeah. Richard. Gra- and, great, uh, great
1: to chat, James. And uh, I hope you have a great holiday. And, and make sure you take the right phones, even if it isn't those two.
0: Will do. And I'll let you know. Yeah, do. Cheers, then. Bye-bye. Bye.